Hey there, listeners. I had a wonderful interview with a lady by the name of Irina Podubnaya, and she is a SaaS founder and a business consultant who specializes in operations and processes optimization. And she's run a successful businesses or been part of businesses that have been successful, but has launched her own software organization called at Track Mage, and so it allows e-commerce stores to have 5-10% to 10% extra sales by simplifying the customer experience. And we had a wonderful conversation in relation to leadership is changing. And we talked about the facilitated leader, and then the other area we talked about was sharing the voice and about how our voice can be heard, but also about how allowing others to share their voice, and it's really important for them to be heard. The other thing was about a remote culture. Hence, the title of the episode is Creating a Remote Culture. And of course, as we've been working from home and around in different areas and working remotely, that's actually now, how do you actually set up that kind of culture to to ensure that you and your organization is going to succeed? And hence, that's why it was really important as a title for that episode. Anyhow, listeners, why don't we listen to the interview? Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another wonderful episode with the Leadership is Changing podcast. I'm here with a wonderful guest. Her name is Irina Podonia, and um, Irina is a wonderful lady who is somewhere else in the world, which she's going to share with us very soon. Big welcome to you. Thank you very much. So, Dennis, I understand that we are very, very much apart. So you're in New Zealand and I'm in Bulgaria, so Bulgaria. literally just like in Europe. And we have a, quite the time zone uh, difference, so almost like 12 hours or even more. So, yeah, and I'm joining you today with the intention to talk about leadership because that's a very interesting topic and I'm very passionate about it. Excellent. Irina, tell us a little bit more about your background. Now that you've shared with us that you're in Bulgaria, that's all cool, but share a little bit about your background. Right. So I originally started as a like entrepreneur who started her business with going abroad. So I went to China for two and a half years and there we had a fulfillment center and we've been running it for quite a long time. And uh, later when that business um, like ended, I would say uh, it just went out. We went out of the business. We started another one in software as a service space. It still is for e-commerce entrepreneurs, but we're solving the problems for those people who are like us back in China when we had to deal with all the fulfillment challenges and uh, notifying customers about their packages and all that stuff. Right now, I would say that my position is properly described as a CEO of uh, this company, TrekMage.com. I have quite an extensive background in processes optimization and uh, like everything that is related to leadership and team management. So... Like, that's uh, my background right now. Awesome. So it's more of an e-commerce kind of company, or you work with e-commerce companies as well and helping them. And it's called trackmidge.com as the organization. Now, tell me something here. How did you get into leadership? 
Well, originally, when uh, I started as an entrepreneur, I accidentally got into leadership because you cannot do everything alone. And uh, I had to figure stuff out and communicate with multiple business owners and suppliers and vendors and cargo companies. So that's when I realized that I'm really good with people and uh, structuring people into functional teams. And later, when we went out of the business, I was left with the ability to work online even before the COVID struck. Because I worked online for this, for seven years before COVID. And it was really a transformative experience because you have to think very differently. And uh, you have to think with remote teams, you have to think remote first. So what I got into, I was uh, educated in IT leadership, especially Scrum Mastering. So I'm a certified Scrum Master and Agile coach. So I help teams become productive and specifically in IT space. But that also works for e-commerce and marketing teams, like everywhere where you deal with uncertainty, Agile is applicable. Well, and that's how I started. And uh, that's how I got into leadership as a servant leader, not just something like as an executive. And then later, when I started TrickMage as a company and I had to step into the executive role, that's where I had to find this tricky balance between servant leadership and uh, and real executive leadership, where you have to really give some direction, vision, and make sure that everyone stays on track. Yeah, good, good. How long were you in China for? Two and a half years, I think you said, right? Yes, two and a half years, yeah. Yeah. Well, which part of China were you in? Actually, it was Guangzhou, south part of China. We had access to a lot of suppliers there. But when we realized that uh, suppliers were not the pinnacle of a business, actually the customers were. That's when realization dawned on us. Yeah, cool. So customers are pinnacle for a business, uh, which is really important for sure. Yeah. And I think uh, you, you know, from an agile scrum master, but also I think you're very good at pulling teams together and helping them with systems and processes to make sure they get the things done. Would that be an accurate summary of what you're good at as well? Yes, that would be a good summary because I get stuff done, not essentially by my own hands, but when I structure a team and we have an objective, we definitely get it done. Excellent. And the company you've got today, how how big is that company in the sense of people and the team and that? We're quite a small team. I would say we're still under 30 people overall. Uh, so we have the marketing side and we have... Uh, development side and some of operations. But again, most of the people are part-time or they are freelancers because I believe in remote first and that's how I started. I believe that these people are even more reliable than employees that are offline. And I I would say that uh, this approach has never failed me so far. So that's how we are currently growing. So we are remote first company. Yeah, yeah, got it. I get it. I get it. So it's more of an international team rather than than a team in a local area. Yes, we have people from Serbia, from uh, from Ukraine, even right now, uh, like in the current circumstances, we just had to relocate some of the people because it wasn't possible to continue operating like that. Uh, but we helped them get, get out, uh, at least uh, some QA engineers that we had. Then we have people from Turkey, from Canada, from like all over the place. Really. Cool, cool. So the people in Ukraine, yeah, amazing what they're going through at the moment. So you've been able to relocate that staff or those yes. individuals to other areas so they can continue to work um, so in a safe space, which is important. Yes, yeah. that was quite Arena. a challenge to really face because, again, it was devastating and uh, surprising for everyone when the, it was just like, well, in February something happened and we just like, had to deal with it. And it was very, like, again, on some of the daily stand-ups when the engineer, she came and said like, oh, I'm, I'm safe in Poland now. And we just like almost cried like the whole team because wow. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's amazing, and good on you for doing. You know, getting her that person out as well, others out as well, which is important. 
Irina, um, I've got a question here for you, and that is, now this person could be alive or from history. Who is your favorite leader and why? My favorite leader is Elon Musk, because I believe that the person needs to be able to do something meaningful in their life. He is probably doing something that is very significant on the planetary scale. So we're getting to Mars, probably sometime soon, right? And then he's always pushing the boundaries of technology. And we have the electrical cars, the boring company, and all these ambitious and very uncanny projects. He even announced and released, essentially, a robot that is going to do a household chores. Well, if there is a person who is making this planet transition to the 21st century or 22nd century, that's probably Elon Musk. And I admire what he's doing. Plus, he is also a fun person who doesn't talk back when it comes to Twitter and like the meme lord of a CEO. That's probably the perfect combination. Yeah, wonderful. Now, if you were on a park bench sitting down with Elon Musk and you wanted to ask him a question, you two are having a coffee there on this park bench, what would be one question you might want to ask him? Uh, That's an interesting question. And uh, I really don't know what I would ask. So maybe I would ask him how it, like how he's making his decisions. Because again, that's probably already covered in detail uh, in some of those YouTube videos about first principles and, what, and whatnot. But maybe he can share just uh, like the real process behind the decision making. That's, uh, that's the question that I would probably ask. Yeah, that's actually a very good question. Yeah, so what's his, the process he has behind his decision-making? And yeah, by how does Twitter. He, how does he know what to invest into? How does he know what uh, is a good project to really go forward with? So if he has some kind of framework or some kind of, like, I don't know, like a flipping a coin method, that definitely is going to be uh-huh. an interesting thing to know about. Pretty interesting, yeah. I mean, I wonder if it is a flipping a coin. You know, I'm buying Twitter. No, I'm not buying Twitter. Oh, okay, I better buy Twitter. Really interesting. But yeah, it'd be great to be around a guy like that just to have a coffee and understand more about their thinking process and that, yeah, which is really good. Yeah, very good. Now, tell me something here. I'm really quite interested to know this, this the answer to this question. And that is the show here is called Leadership is Changing. When I say that title or that statement, what does it mean to you? Well, to me personally, it means that uh, leadership is changing in terms of how and what the expectations are. So previously, the leadership was mostly about this tribal, like beat them, like beat the competition, uh, making sure that we're making progress and like growth, growth, growth. That's what leadership was all about. It's still there. So the command and control style leadership is uh, still there. And uh, there are quite a few companies that operate with that model. But I think that the future belongs to the facilitative leader or the servant leadership. Just because we're dealing with more and more complexity and more and more information around us. And right now, even some of those like traditional jobs, they are dying. And uh, we're dealing with creative industries and emerging of new professions that were not possible before. Like a streamer or, I don't know, an online artist or an AI engineer. So all of, all of those professions, they deal with knowledge work. And in knowledge work, command and control doesn't really do anything. Even if you put so many creative people in the room and say to them, like, okay, the deadline is tomorrow, give me the masterpiece. Are you going to get the result? Well, probably, maybe, if uh, for some reason uh, those people decide to still work and maybe we will create something. But is it going to be a masterpiece? That's questionable. So with those type of employees or with those type of industries, 
servant leadership uh, yields better results, where you just provide people everything that is needed for them to to really do their best job, and you are serving their them essentially, not them serving you to achieve certain goals. So that's how that is flipping. And even in marketing, when we are talking about making new creative campaigns and everything, it's much better if marketers make their own decisions based on the market feedback. And for that to happen, they need to be out there. And the actual uh, commanding people might hold them back because they will be listening to one specific person in a company who is giving them orders. But does that person really base them on market feedback or analytics or some real data that uh, can make them can help them make better decisions. So this is what uh, I think is the essence of the change that we're going to see in leadership. So transition from traditional command and control to, as I say, uh, to facilitative leadership, servant leadership, where we just hire best people, we give them uh, the grounds to work on, and then just marvel in what they achieve when they have uh, necessary tools. Yeah, I really like what you say there about the facilitated leader or the servant leadership. I think that is really important. And you can see the transition, you can see the shift happening in a lot of organizations where it's actually happening. What do you think leaders do need to do today to help them with the transition from the the command and control, as you called it before, to the facilitated or the servant leadership? What do they need to do to help with that transition? I believe the best uh, way to transition to facilitative leadership or at least changing the style of leadership would be through education or changing the mindset. Because it all starts uh, between the years, essentially, where uh, the person really starts to understand the new paradigm. So it, it's not them giving orders to their employees. It's uh, them listening to the employees and making sure that they have everything that they need. Uh, and then resolving some of the organizational obstacles or even external obstacles for the, for the team to succeed. So it's not about uh, it's not about being the most knowledgeable person in the, the room anymore. It's uh, about really helping our people shine and uh, express their talents and doing their best work. Yeah, great. Help others shine and let them do what they need to do to really help their talent move forward. And I like it. I think you're talking more about the mindset, what's going on between the two ears and the paradigms that we might have. So the way that we think about things, we need to be thinking about things differently nowadays. We might need to adjust our thinking around some of these different things as well. And so I think that's great what you shared about how yeah. leaders can transition between I would those say other areas. The thing is, uh, I shared what we need to do, but then how... I think what can be really helpful is uh, going through some kind of coaching training because the coaching mindset is already ingrained in all the competencies for of the coach. So if the leader has uh, some spare time and they are willing to educate themselves, it's probably best to select something like an uh, International Coaching Federation training or something like that for executives and uh, go through that and see how the mindset and really the approach to conversations change after you go through uh, some kind of training like that. Yeah, there you go, listeners. Engage Dennis as your executive coach to help you transition. But you're right, though. I think um, what the, the big thing here is that we, we can't always do it by ourselves. In other words, we need a team around us to help us go out and build our businesses. But you as an individual, for you to grow, for you to transition, for you to think through things differently, you definitely need to have a coach on board to actually help you with your with your thinking and uh, and really stretch you in that space as well. So that's a good that's a good little plug. Thank you what we need to do in that area too, which is really good. Now, the thing here is um, you and I, and you'll understand this from a technology perspective, but also from a marketing perspective and so forth. Life is getting faster. Change is constant. 
life, technology, business, data, from a social perspective, everything is getting faster. So what do you reckon makes a leader successful today in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? I think that's already ingrained in this question. So if a world is changing, leadership should be changing as well. It's all about adaptation and being being adaptable, being flexible with uh, the points of view and trying different approaches. What I think that uh, is very effective right now is failing forward. Whenever you are getting into a new industry or trying a new approach, you just go forward with it, see what happens, and then reflect on it. That's essentially an iteration that you go through. Iterative processes, uh, they are best for adaptation because you get real-time feedback from the market or real-time feedback from your employees or whatever you are changing, like uh, different processes, different approaches, different mindsets, even uh, your personal habits. Whenever you introduce a new habit, uh, it's a change that gradually evolves through a repetition. But again, if the habit is not working, you will see that almost immediately if you stop and reflect at that point. So basically, uh, everything needs to be uh, needs to be changing and adapting every time. Uh, and uh, like closing that feedback loop is very important to stay up to date with all the uh, I mean with all the global and local uh, changes that are happening all the time. So, Irina, is that why they talk about people needing to fail forward, but fail fast? So then you can reflect iterations and then move forward. Is that why they say that? Probably. I, I would need to ask them why they say that. But the thing is, uh, if you uh, if your iterations are quite rapid, uh, you will learn more. Uh, so you just like instead of building something like this is like the, tr- the traditional uh, distinction between waterfall and agile. So with agile, we just create something like very small uh, portion of the product. We just get it out of there, and then we get feedback. When we get another version, uh, we get feedback. But with waterfall, like we have this like uh, 300 pages software requirement specification. We go through it and we build it in a half a year. Then we release it to the market. The market doesn't want it. And then we go back to the drawing board and create another 300 pages specification. Yeah. So if you just condense this time to one week or two weeks uh, or however small time is needed to deliver the product, that's the best way forward because you will learn way more if you just go out there, get feedback, and go back to make some changes. Yeah, that's good. Very good. Um, so there you go, listeners. It's about fighting forward. It's about, I think the other piece too here that's really important that what you've said, Arena, was reflect on it. I think that reflection piece is huge because that's where we learn. That's where we can we can grow and we can take whether mistakes or whether there's something we could do differently. That's where we can learn a lot from doing it. And so I think it's really good that what you're saying there. So listeners, fighting yeah. forward and reflecting on it, doing iterations is really important. Yeah. I also uh, might add that when you are reflecting, don't only listen to your own feedback or, or your own opinion. Uh, so as a facilitative leader, you might uh, gain more if you just uh, give a voice back to the team. And this is essentially uh, one of those skills uh, that is called uh, sharing the voice. Uh, if you are the only person who is talking on the meeting, something is wrong. You literally need to make sure that all the team members are uh, voicing their opinions and not after you say, saying your opinion. CEO's uh, words, they at all. That's really a very interesting co- concept that I have to understand. So whenever I voice my opinion, everyone is bound to agree just because they uh, really respect my authority and all that. 
But that's why I'm not saying anything before everyone else says everything they want it. So that's yeah. uh, how you can flip the script a little bit by investigation. Oh, that's great. Sharing the voice. I think it's awesome, right? So you're not just a talking head there and then you're, you're, you're having to have all the answers for everybody, but you're actually asking others to share their voice. And when they share their voice, that's really important. And that's why I started this podcast was, as I told you before, about the voice journey, right? So my voice being heard, but it's about your voice being heard, but it's helping the listeners grow their leadership skills and capabilities through this podcast to enable them to have their voice heard as well at the table, which is important. So it's about sharing the voice, and there we go. Very nice. Excellent. You and I have been talking about leadership, but we've also been talking about leaders. If we were to change lenses or change gear now, the employee, from their perspective, how has employees, employees, how has employees' expectations of leaders changed? I think that uh, with COVID and uh, with remote first uh, culture that is currently emerging, the employees uh, currently they expect uh, that the company is going to provide them the means to to do work, uh, but not get them distracted from their daily lives. Uh, so I believe that uh, right now it's more about convenience and uh, more about the ability to work from anywhere. Uh, so the expectation is that there is more freedom in the workplace. And uh, also uh, another trend that I'm noticing is that people are more mindful of their uh, mental health uh, and health in general. Uh, so they, they care more about their well-being. And it's no longer just about work. You should also care about the employees. That's the expectation. Uh, so it's, it's uh, global and it really is evolving with the employees treating the employer as somebody who is, who is caring about them. Uh, somebody who is providing them with the means to, to do uh, something meaningful and impactful. And that's where we come back to the mission of the company and the vision. Uh, if the company has a strong vision or a strong mission, a lot of employees are going to choose the company regardless of uh, what is happening in the workplace. They just want to contribute to that grand idea and move forward with that company. So basically, these are the three things that I think the employees are currently expecting. So uh, convenience and the freedom to work from anywhere, uh, then really caring. So the uh, employee, employer needs to care about them personally, uh, and then doing something meaningful and impactful on the global scale. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, yeah, I like those three things that you're talking about. The remote cultures, it's a big thing. It's happening, of course. COVID really emphasized or accelerated it big time. A lot of organizations were like, oh, you can't, we can't have people working from home. They have to be in the office. Then that just got thrown out the window because of COVID, right? COVID sort of said, no, you can work from home. Now organizations are finding it hard to bring people back into the office. Have you noticed that? Are you seeing that from your colleagues, other CEOs, other people that you know? Are they experiencing it to be quite hard to bring back people into the office? Yes, uh, because people uh, actually understood that for them to do the work, the commute isn't necessary. And the office walls, they are not very much different from their walls at home. And their, their internet connection is probably better at home. So uh, the idea would be that, uh, yeah, uh, the, the idea would be that yeah. all the freelancers and uh, remote first uh, consultants, they always uh, knew everything that the world is currently discovering. As I said, I worked seven years before, like I, I worked remote seven years before COVID struck. And then everyone was saying, oh my God, we're going to work from home. Uh, I'm saying like, what changed? I really don't see any changes from myself no. personally. No. Yeah. yeah. And for me as well, as I, I work from, uh, you know, with my global role or, you know, other roles that I have 
Hewlett Packard and things like that. Well, a lot of it was from home, or a lot of it was traveling. So the traveling couldn't happen. But you're right. Yeah, it's good. Very good. Now, I'm going to ask you to get your crystal ball out here and start to think about the future. Where do you see leadership being in five years? Well, I think five years, like in five years, probably we will see even more prominent servant leadership trend where people are going to expect the leaders to cater to them versus them catering to some some boss or somebody who is giving them orders. So in five years, I think no, nothing dramatic is going to happen. But maybe in 20 years, uh, we might see uh, some collective leadership where the leadership is going to be uh, something that is going to collectively dis- be decided by the groups or self-organizing clusters. Uh, so that's what I think is going to like the future might be even leaderless with leaders playing the role of uh, the visionaries or some innovators or inspirational or motivational factors, but not uh, actually doing the decision making. Or decision making might be do- done collectively based on the data and intelligence that are that is gathered from the market uh, and from like all other places that are involved in the process. So I would I would think that uh, leadership is going to be mainly just on the human side of the equation. So people still need to believe in some person who is going to take care of them or who is going to inspire them to reach new goals. But uh, the actual decision-making might transition to the teams even more. So that's uh, like every employee is going to be uh, part of the collective decision-making and communicating with customers and getting everything done without any guidance from like the higher-ups. Whoa, Irina, I really love what you just shared there. That's really, really cool stuff. So it's not just about uh, servant leadership for the next five years, but 20 years or so, collective leadership, we might be leaderless, where the leaders are actually just hitting the vision, things like that, but then it's up to others to make the decisions. I love it. I think it's really cool. It'll be wonderful to see, or if you and I can revisit again in 20 years' time just to see where it's at. And I don't know if this podcast will be still going by then, but hey, who knows? That'd be pretty cool. Irina, hey, I just want to say to you, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Leadership is Changing podcast. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where should they go? I think they should probably visit our website. It's uh, go trackmage.com. So if uh, anyone uh, from the audience, uh, they are in e-commerce, uh, this is a very neat tool to have in the tool stack uh, that helps with post-purchase experience and uh, other customer uh, support related issues. And uh, I myself, I can be found on LinkedIn. Uh, Irina Padubne, uh, you can see that in the show notes of how to properly spell my uh, surname, because it's, I know, I know it's unpronounceable. I know it's too long, but anyway. Padubne, uh, it's, it's yes. easy to say, yeah. Yes, it is. It's, oh, it's well, just, yeah. The tongue twister yeah. of, of our. That's right. all good. So we'll put those in the show notes so the listeners can, can refer to that and be able to go to those different links as well. So once again, Irina, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much, Dennis, for having me here and have a great day. Thank you. There you go, listeners. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.